You haven't seen Black Panther yet, right? No. God fucking damn it. Please, do you think I'd be up to date on anything? No. Then one can hope. My mom my mom and dad go, hey, we're going to go see Black Panther. Want to come? And I'm like, it's nine o'clock. It's a bit late for me. And then I went to bed. I hate you. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an elderly man. I have... Your parents who are older than you. My parents are literally senior citizens. And I go to bed before them. Yep. By like hours. Mm. I'm, I'm a fucking grandma, Nick. You I don't know really what to tell are. You. It is really detrimental to my social life. Yeah. And like I, I like work. And then I go home and like read. <laughs> like a grandma. Like I don't. It's killing me, man. I'm just like transforming into everything I hated in life. <clears throat> yep. It's, I, I don't, I don't play video games as much anymore. Nope. Oh, but you know what? You know what came out today was the update for oh, uh, yeah, the Odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. So I'm going to play that later. I saw it when I turned on my Switch when I got home. I got home and I just clicked it to see if anything had downloaded like I do every time. And I was like, ooh. Mario Odyssey update. Is that? And then it showed it on the sidebar. I was like, heck yeah. Heck yeah. But yeah, I'm uh, going to play that eventually. Uh, along with all the other shit that I have fucking piled up. Mm-hmm. So I can get you a game back. But yeah, no, instead I, I go to bed. Yeah. Fucking put Dude, you have no idea. It's killing me. It's killing me being boring. Yeah. Just want to talk some Black Panther, man. <laughs> I just want to talk about good movies. Gosh. But, yeah, no. I'm just fucking... Like, I got hyped because I have, like, a new hand cream regimen. <laughs> I'm really a grandma. You're not wrong. Like, hey, You're it's... pretty excited about that hand Dude, cream. Dude, I... Uh... Okay. We're I'm, not... si- I'm sitting here saying I'm excited about Black Panther. Like, potentially, like game-changing movie in the industry and you're just like, I got this new hand cream. Dude, I didn't even say it like that, man. I came downstairs you said it exactly and you like were that. sitting at my kitchen table. I was like, Nick, feel my hands. And he felt them. It's like, aren't they so soft? I was like, aren't my hands so soft? Dude, my hands for the past like three years have felt like sandpaper. You ever try to jerk sand off with paper. sandpaper? Yeah. I can't say I have. Because that's what my hands feel like. So, like, now that my hands feel, like, womanly, I can't wait. But, like, they only feel womanly for a bit. <laughs> like, I gotta keep doing this regiment. Uh-huh. And then, like, my hands will be perfect, like, permanently beautiful. Right. And I'm pretty hyped. It's just, like, I keep touching them. Like, what's weird right now is my calluses, because I have calluses all over my hands because I work a man job. Mm. I can, like, feel... That like they're smoother, but yeah, my hands are my hands are so soft right now. I put the lotion on. You put the lotion in the basket, or it gets the hose again. <laughs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. We're Navi Tales. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm Nick, and we are a video game lore podcast where I swear I won't ask Nick if he would fuck me anymore. That's probably not gonna happen. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the final part of, like, uh, a lore series we've kind of been doing... Since the beginning. Since the beginning. It was one of our earlier episodes when we started. We're talking Bioshock. Yeah. Uh, we've done Bioshock 1, and we've done Bioshock Infinite. Uh, Bioshock 2 is somewhere in there, but, I mean, I don't give a fuck. Same. Cool. <laughs> but... What we're going to talk about rather than Bioshock 2 is what ties Bioshock to Bioshock Infinite. Burial at Sea. Yeah. Which is a two-part DLC that came out for Bioshock Infinite back in the day. And I think is one of the most important... Like, when I look at DLCs for games, we haven't really talked about DLC much here. Uh, I inherently don't have a problem with DLC as long as it adds to the game. It's not a part of the game. And this is a very good example of adding to the game. Yeah, I think the only DLC thing we've done is Bloodborne. We've talked Bloodborne because it added to the game. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I think that that's 
you can agree with that with with me on that at least. Yeah, yeah. It's like why I like the Witcher DLC so much because it added so much content to the game, and why I have like a problem with some of the other games DLCs where it isn't adding content to the game, but like adding things that should have already been in the game. Right. So uh, I usually don't purchase that DLC or give a shit about that DLC, but uh. This one, I think, is so good as a standalone, especially after having covered Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, that we have an entire episode we could devote to it. Yeah. Which is pretty great. Great. Great grapes. Yeah, so, uh, Burial at Sea is split into two parts. Uh, so we're gonna begin with part one first, because that's how normal people go through fucking stories. That's how numbers work, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, alright, I w- was so triggered at my job today. Why? So I only imagine I'm a dispatcher, which means some of what I have to do is pull the parts, get the parts from where they are on the shelves and get them ready to be delivered. It's very difficult when the parts aren't in the right place. And I was looking for a 29625 air filter. I found it in the 26625 part. This was not the first part today. That I found stupidly placed. So I started yelling about how obviously reading isn't a requirement for this fucking job. Because if it was, my life would be so much easier. And then I started asking my coworkers, hey, do you know how to read? <laughs> and then they'd say, what? And I'd go, do you know how to fucking read? And then they'd go, sure. And I'd go, then why is this in the wrong place? I ain't put that there. I don't care. Do you know how to read English, motherfucker? Do you speak it? We used to have a, a guy who worked there that was dyslexic and to the point where he almost couldn't read. And then I watched him one day putting parts away and I go, what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> I was not go there at all. I was like, it wasn't even that. It's like, no, you don't, you don't put parts away, kid. You don't know. We're never no, going to, no, no, we're never going to find them if you put them away. Don't put them away. Go do something else. So anyway, I asked everyone I work with if they know how to fucking read today. Good. So, uh, because they didn't know how numbers work. Good. Uh, so, we're back in Rapture, a.k.a. Ayn Rand's wet dream, but this particular Rapture is different than the one we're completely familiar with. Uh, this one shares more similarities with Columbia, uh, the setting of Bioshock Infinite. Uh, Booker DeWitt is a private detective with a gambling and drinking problem, uh... And just hanging out. If you, uh, by the way, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes on Bioshock, highly recommend that. Cause yeah. This is kind of a tie in between the two. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say do that first. Get your prereqs out of the way. Yeah. Uh, on the eve of 1959, a mysterious woman by the name of Elizabeth asks him to investigate the disappearance of a young girl named Sally. Elizabeth's intentions are vague, and she is unwilling to reveal any vital information, saying only that Sally is alive and uh, elite artist Sander fucking Cohen may have information regarding her whereabouts. Both are turned down from going into this into his club, but eventually find these special masks made to get in. Sander Cohen is still my favorite character in all of Bioshock. Yeah, he's pretty great. He's pretty fucking great. Do you know who I am? I'm Sander fucking Cohen. Oh, uh, yeah. I quote that way. Every time I see Sander Cohen, I quote <laughs> that. So, as they enter the Garden of the Muses, Cohen is working on his latest uh, piece of quote-unquote performance art. Um, however, it falls short of the obsessive artist's high standards, and he disposes of the models. Uh, he electrocutes them, by yeah, the way. He yeah. shocks them to death. Yeah. Because he's Sander fucking Cohen. <clears throat> he does and, what he wants to get his and, art, goddammit. And damn he's it. insane. Best character in all of Bioshock. 10-10. 10-10, best character. Um, he expresses his suspicion of Elizabeth's intentions, but agrees to reveal Sally's location if Booker and Elizabeth dance to inspire his muse. Um, faced with no other options, the, the two do a waltz. Uh, it only... It is only moments before Cohen once again finds an error um, with his art and shocks them unconscious. However, he does keep his end of the bargain as he drags them to a bathosphere, claiming that it will take them to Sally. I just had a great inspiration for uh, a D&D character. Sander fucking Cohen. 
make him like a this insane artist. Uh, make him a warlock though, and have his uh, pact be made with something called a muse. You don't know what it is, but his pact has been made with a muse. And because of that, he is constantly trying to appease the muse that somehow has given him these powers. And you don't know if he's just a natural sorcerer or if he's just like an actual warlock who's made a pact with a muse. But all we know is he's an artist of some sort and he's trying to do it. And it'll be the only character I would ever run as chaotic evil. Who just does whatever he pleases because he wants to. Yeah, and because yeah. he wants to make art. Yeah. I might do this. That's kind of dope. So, uh, TM, 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 don't take that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so this particular bathosphere is headed towards the recently sunk, because it's all underwater, so you can't really sink it. It went, it went down further yeah. underwater. <laughs> uh, it went... It went deeper. <laughs> we gotta go deeper. We gotta go deeper. Uh, the recently sunk Fontaine department store, courtesy of Andrew Ryan. Via shortwave radio, Cohen reveals that Sally is residing in the housewares building, and Booker and Elizabeth must get to the tram to reach it. When they get to the building, they're immediately attacked by splicers Ryan had imprisoned in the building, and finding Sally in the vent system and coaxing her out by turning up the heat. Yeah, we're gonna make it hot in here. Afterwards, when Booker attempts to pull her out of the vents, uh, he discovers she is now a little, a little sister, as he had feared. Hi. Little sisters are great. Yeah, they are. Booker is shocked, and when he aggressively tries pulling her out again, uh, she calls for her big daddy, who tries to fuck them up, as big daddies do. Yeah, that's, that's basically all they do. They just kind of stomp around, make a whale noises, and then fuck you up. Yeah, if you fuck with the little sisters. Um... Elizabeth and Booker manage to defeat the Big Daddy, and then they try to reason with Sally, but to no avail. Um, in a flashback, Booker is, reveal is revealed to actually be a regretful Zachary Hale Comstock, who worked with Robert and Rosalind Lutis to um, take care of Booker's child, Anna. Um, but in a universe alternate to that of the infinite storyline um, that you play through, uh, ended up killing the child by accident, having her head cut off instead of her pinky when the portal closed in the fight to take her back. So if you remember from the actual Infinite gameplay, there's that thing where she gets pulled through, the, pulled through the portal and her pinky gets cut off. That's why Elizabeth wears a thimble. In this one, she gets decapitated. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Booker or Comstock comes to, uh, remembering he had the, the Lutes twins move him to Rapture, through their tear device so he could forget and get away from his troubles. Uh, then the Lutesses show up. I still my still like it's like Sander Cohen and the Lutesses. Yeah. Uh, they came there telling him he could never deal with the consequences of actions and lost all of his memories of being Comstock, uh, which defaulted him back to Booker because that's they're the same person. This particular Comstock had no, no knowledge of the infinite universe like some of the other Comstocks and Bookers did. God, they're the same person, but you gotta talk to talk about them like they're two different people. Yeah. Um, he could not know her origin or suddenly realize it. Um, so this is different than the Comstock that we knew, complete, and the Booker we knew. Uh, Elizabeth, infuriated by Comstock's attempt at kidnapping her when she wasn't his true child, doesn't accept Comstock's apology and instead tells him he will be sorry because Elizabeth's kind of going through every universe killing Comstock. Yeah, they're trying to like. Get rid of this once and Make for all. Make sure there's never another Comstock. Yeah. Um, the, so uh, she doesn't accept his apology and tells him he'll be sorry. And then the player, who is playing as Booker at this point, can hear the Big Daddy getting up, having survived the fight from earlier. It then impales Comstock with its drill from behind. In his last moments, Comstock looks over at Elizabeth, who glares in a mercilessly covered in his blood. The screen then cuts to black. Yeah, what a way to end that first part, huh? So that's first part. <laughs> you die. Yeah. By a big daddy as Elizabeth watches. Yep. And it is cool. And it's, a little bit unsettling. Yeah, it's, it's like the main character that you've been playing as of the entire... Not, it's technically not the same, but it's like... You still... It's still Booker. Yeah. And like, you also... You also like see a side of Elizabeth that you never see. 
Yeah. Like, this isn't the first time we've watched Elizabeth kill Booker. At the end of Bioshock Infinite, it happens. Right. But, like, that was a mercy killing that Booker allowed. This is, like, Elizabeth cleaning up the mess. Yeah. She's, I'm, like, out, literally out for blood. Yeah, and it's pretty fucked up. <clears throat> so then, uh, part two begins with Elizabeth in Paris. Uh, she suddenly spots Sally and chases her through the streets. Uh, as she goes after her, uh, her ideal vision of Paris becomes distorted by visions of Columbia, Comstock, and Paris. Uh, if you can't tell by this point, you're not playing as Booker anymore. You play as Elizabeth the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, all of part two is, is playing as Elizabeth, which, which is I'd, cool. Which I didn't expect at first. I didn't yeah, think I'd get... I think everything up to this point, you've it's just been Booker or some form of Booker. Booker, a Booker. or Comstock or whatever. Yeah, but this yeah you is, play as Elizabeth and it... Yeah. The gameplay is very different. It's more stealth I was very surprised at how different the gameplay was. Yeah. It, it is a lot more stealth-based because you don't have the plasmids or anything. And, like, I know, like, oh, if you've listened to our past ones, Elizabeth's kind of a goddess of some sort because of the tears. Well, shit happened. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get I to that. I thought you did have some... No, I don't think so. I thought you did. You lose your powers. Yeah, but I thought you could, like... You... you... I thought you could, like, become invisible and stuff. Spoilers to the rest of this podcast. She loses her powers, but then she gets the Lutece particle, which might have something to do with that. I thought you still had plasmids, though. You might still have plasmids, but that's different. Yeah, but you said we didn't have plasmids. Oh, well, we didn't have vigors. We might still have plasmids. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck me, then. (laughs) Also, Also, you you have a crossbow. Yeah, you do, and it's pretty neat. Yeah. Also, nice shirt. Yeah, definitely you did that on purpose. Definitely did that on purpose. He's wearing a Raptor t-shirt. Yep. Um, you hundred percent did that on purpose. Yep. Uh, so see, I was I as I was like pulling out a shirt, and I knew we were recording this today, and I was flipping through my shirts, and I was like, yeah, this is hundred percent happening. I also like thought like I really don't have that much Bioshock merch for how much I love these fucking games. Yeah, me neither. I have like none. Yeah, it's so. kind of sad. Yeah, but um, I'm gonna buy more Bioshock stuff now. <laughs> Hop on Amazon real quick. Happen. Can we talk real quick before we dive into part two of these two parts? How normally I text you. We're gonna give you a, a peek behind the curtains. Normally I text Nick at a, around Monday. We're recording this on a Thursday. Normally I text him around Monday so I can start doing my research and writing and stuff. Uh, and I usually text him. I'm like, hey, what are we doing this week? And nine times out of ten, Nick responds, I don't know. So I'll, I'll shoot out some ideas and he'll pick one. This week I text Nick, hey, what are we doing this week? Very, let's see. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I had something else in mind for if you didn't have anything, but yeah, dude, you seemed like you really wanted to do Burial Let's See. I did. I was talking with somebody who, who like watched a playthrough of like, the first game and the second game and Barry Out Sea. And we were talking about, cause she had just like went through it and I, I've played this game many times and I love the entire series. And so we were talking about all of it. And then I was like, I just like, every time I talk about this game, I'm just hyped. like, I'm just like, I get hyped. I want to play it. So like that happened. And then when Josh was like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, Barry, let's see, let's do it. <laughs> okay. And I'm obviously I was down with it, but I got some plans for next week. We got some plans for you kids. Got some plans. But, um... So anyways, back to yeah. Elizabeth. Uh, she suddenly wakes up in the toys section of Fontaine, Fontaine's department store. Atlas and his men take Sally away and search the corpse of Comstock for valuables. But before they can shoot Elizabeth and do the same to her, a vision of Booker DeWitt appears and coaches, coaches her to claim she can help Atlas escape the sunken department store. Which is one of my favorite scenes in, like, a video game. And I always kind of, like, think of it is when she looks up and she just sees Booker on a chair playing the guitar. Yeah. I, I just, just go. like, not even, like, he's just, it, like, tuning it or something. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. Like, and, like, it makes sense later. But, like, you just look up as you're, like, about to die and you just see Booker, who is supposedly dead, sitting in a chair tuning a guitar. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Excuse me? Um, she tells them about, she tells them info about Dr. Ying Suchong, um, and promises freedom, uh, for Sally. She promises to give the, the information for Sally's freedom. Right. Um, 
As she explores, she finds uh, her own dead body amongst the rubble, killed by the same big daddy that killed Comstock. However, her powers allowed her to continue existing in some form in the multiverse, and her sense of guilt about the way she used Sally to get revenge on Comstock moved her to get back to Rapture and clean up the mess. Um, she, she felt compelled to yeah. save Sally. Uh, the Lutes twins uh, had advised her not to venture back into Rapture because uh, her quantum superposition would collapse into one last Elizabeth uh, who would be mortal without her, um, her omniscience and the ability to open tears, and she would be cut off from the Elizabeths of alternate universes. So, like, when I said Elizabeth was a goddess, I, I wasn't kidding. She, like was omnipotent at that point. Yeah. She knew, like, everything before it was going to happen in every reality. Yeah, she could see the the doors, as she called them, and yeah. like, could, what was past them and see the future. And, and by extension, the Lutesses were, too. Yeah. Because they had gone through the same process in a way. They were gods, uh, and she no longer is one. Because um, she's in a reality where she's dead. Yeah. And then showed back up. Where, so in a, not like, only in a reality where she's dead, in a reality where that Elizabeth died. Yeah. Which is different than like when Booker would go to the reality where he died as a martyr. That wasn't him. This is her having died and then going back there. It's, yeah. a, it's weird and it sounds like it doesn't make sense, but they explain it better in game than I think we can. Yeah. Because this is just, like, really complicated stuff in general. Like this is, like... Multiverse time travel... Multiverse quantum bullshit that I don't deal with. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but she wanted to go back because she felt compelled to save Sally. Uh, so, uh, Booker starts reaching out to her, stating he's just part of her own subconscious and helps her navigate the store. Tracking down Su Chong, Elizabeth discovers the Doctor knew about Columbia and built a Lutes device connecting back to the Flying City based on the, the Lutes' technology. Uh, Elizabeth rationalizes that she can use the Lutes particle uh, that kept Columbia afloat to lift the department store back up to Rapture. Yeah, and uh, I don't talk about it much in this, but the, the entire time you're playing through this, Elizabeth is talking to quote-unquote Booker. Yeah, and he'll it, like he'll like... It's cool. It's cool because it'll pop up on like the radio from that, like Atlas would talk to you yeah. from the first game. It would pop up as Booker, but like nobody's really talking on a radio somewhere. And he would like say she'd like talk to him like he's Booker, and he'd have to go, Elizabeth, I'm not Booker. Like I'm your subconscious part of like I'm your subconscious that is manifesting as Booker. You're doing this. I'm not Booker. Like, and she'd be like. Oh, what do you think about this? He's like, I don't think any differently than you. I'm not Booker. Yeah. It, it was, it's like a weird kind of thing where like, she's trying to talk to him and reach out to this person she's familiar with. And he's just going, I, I'm not that person. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It, it's really, it's a, an interesting interaction that I think more games should fuck with. So uh, she collects what she needs to repair the device with the help of both Atlas and Su Chong. Once fixed, she goes through uh, a tear it creates to Columbia. She finds herself aboard the First Lady during the time when Booker and Elizabeth had stormed Jeremiah Fink's factory with the Vox Populi. She recovers the Lutes particle easily enough, but before she can return to Rapture, Su Chong closes the tear and forces her to collect a lock of hair from one of Fink's hidden laboratories. During this all, she discovers Davy Daisy Fitzroy was told to kidnap Fink's son by the Lutesses, making Elizabeth who she is today, more mature and in charge, because she had to kill Daisy. Yeah. Uh, and kind of put her in this position. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was all done by the Lutesses, because they're gods. Yep. Yeah, I think we mentioned that in the infinite thing, with that, like, yeah. it was all a plan to make Elizabeth kill her on purpose. Yeah. Uh, she also discovers that Fink and Su Chong communicated through a tear and collaborated on almost everything from the creation of Adam to plasmids and vigors, which are very have a very similar gameplay mechanic, and they have a very same role within the societies of both Columbia and Rapture because they were both made in tandem. Uh, and the 
conditioning of uh, Songbird and the Big Daddies. They collabed on that, too. Unlike the Little Sisters, who were bonded through science, uh, there was a physical bond between Big Daddies and Little Sisters. Like, there was a mutant bond between them. Uh, Elizabeth was bonded to her protector through an act of kindness. So it was more of an emotional bond between the two. Yeah. Uh, she retrieves the lock of hair, which turns out to be her own hair, and escapes the scavenging Vox Populi forces to return to the tear and get back to Rapture. Once back, she transports the hair, hair sample to Suchong, uh, but through a video monitor, comes face-to-face with Andrew Ryan. Ayn Rand. <laughs> comes face-to-face with Ayn, Ayn Rand. Rand. Uh, he secures the room in center an ultimatum. Uh, either join forces with him or die at the hands of his private police force who are moving through the facility, finishing off all of Atlas's followers. However, Elizabeth escapes, going to Fontaine's offices um, with the Lutes particle. In this office is where all the load-bearing columns meet. Um, she releases the particle, which causes the building to start to fall apart. She's captured by Atlas's men, though, and given uh, a truth serum because they're looking for something called the ace in the hole. Uh, she wakes up two weeks later um, with the uh, Rapture Civil War full in effect. Atlas tortures her and threatens her, but Elizabeth is unbroken until he uh, starts to threaten Sally. And he, like, literally lobotomizes her to, as, to like, threaten her. Yeah. Like, he sticks it in there and, like, starts poking her with a hammer and he's like talking about like he's like you know like he says that like she's stubborn and she's like you know how to get rid of stubbornness like it comes from your your pre like frontal lobe or something like that and like sticks her in the eye yeah she he starts to do an ice pick lobotomy yeah which is fucking terrifying you ever look up the history or know anything about the history of the ice pick lobotomy <laughs> not much no it is the fucking scariest the guy who revolutionized the ice pick lobotomy uh, is a goddamn sociopath. I would imagine so, yeah. Uh, he used to go to mental asylums uh, and do, like, a show of it. And he would drive a car or a vehicle that he would call the Lobotomobile, <laughs> which is hilarious until you realize, like, he was putting things in people's brains and just kind of just, just moving them around yeah. until it just got all scrambled. There's a picture of him doing a lobotomy. And he posed for it because uh, he was going to not be fully in the picture. So he had to move. And when he did that, he killed the patient. He didn't give a shit, dude. He made tons of money off this shit. Oh, just, yeah. just sticking shit in people's brains and moving her around. Yeah. He, he didn't give a damn. He's a fucking sociopath. Didn't Lobotomies a... are terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, so pretty much it doesn't work. And Elizabeth's just like, kill me. Yeah, um, but so, so so he gets like pissed and brings out Sally, um, which triggers uh, a future she had seen, um, and she tells him that it's the the ace in the holes in Su Chong's lab. Um, Atlas sends Elizabeth to retrieve the ace. While exploring, Elizabeth indirectly causes the death of Su Chong at the hands of a big daddy. Um, she also kind of like, like starts like the big daddy little sister relationship kind of because it, she keeps picking up notes going through like the labs and stuff that like of Su Chong's notes of like him saying like the big daddies are idiots like don't they know that they need the little sisters to survive and yada 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 um and so like there's a big daddy like injured on the floor and there's two little sisters and they're like oh the big scary man's like dying. Like that's not fair. So they like stick him with Adam and like yeah, they stick him with a fuckload of Adam. Yeah. So then like they go and like to like Su Chong and they're like Papa Su Chong, Papa Su Chong, and he's like shut up and like smacks one of them and like and the big daddy loses his goddamn mind. Yeah, and throws a, his drill into his fucking back and like kills him. Um. Yeah, that part was cool. Yeah. So uh, she ends up finding the ace in a hole. The ace, and yeah, she ends up finding the ace in a hole, which is just a piece of paper. She brings it back to Atlas, uh, knowing he's going to betray her. Atlas is furious at the contents, saying he's like, "What is this? This is just gibberish! Like, what does this say?" 
Um, but in one final uh, flash of memory, Elizabeth finds herself aboard a plane that transported uh, Jack to Rapture at the beginning of uh, Bioshock yeah. 1. Jack is the name of the main character in Bioshock 1. Yes. Uh, she she ends up on the plane, like, in, like, the bathroom or something, or, like, looking in a mirror, and she, like, starts walking down the aisle of the plane. And you can see, like, the, the hands and, like, with the tattoo and everything. I was yep. like, oh, shit, that's cool. Yeah. Jack has two tattoos, uh, which are very symbolic of his role of uh, chains on either wrist. Yeah, like a chain link, like, yeah. like three links. Uh, it's a link and a half. Okay. So it's, uh, well, it's technically two rings. It's half a link, link, half oh, a link. Because okay. I've considered getting it. Yeah, yeah. Getting that with Would You Kindly above and below it. Um, yeah, so she finds herself on the, the plane and recognizes that the coded message um, is Jack's trigger phrase, which is Would You Kindly. Um, secure in the knowledge that Atlas's uh, ace would also be his undoing, she translates the code. Uh, Atlas then begins to form his plan of getting Jack uh, on the plane into Rapture, and then fatally strikes Elizabeth, leaving her with Sally. Uh, as Elizabeth succumbs to her wounds, she has one last vision of the future, revealing that Jack will be the one to end the cycle of violence and Rapture, and save Sally and all the other little sisters. Uh, Sally begins to sing La, La Vienne and La Vienne Rose uh, to comfort Elizabeth, who happily dies, uh, content that the matters will be resolved. And on uh, a post-credit scene, uh, it shows a view of Rapture and the tail of the Apollo Air Flight DF-0301 sinking towards the city, heralding Jack's arrival. So this all takes place literally just before Bioshock 1. Yeah. Which is pretty great. Yeah, it, the it, first time seeing that, I was like, oh my god. When when they're talking when they're talking about like the ace in the hole, you kind of don't know what they're talking about. You think yeah. it might be a weapon or something. Yeah. They do a good job of subverting your expectations. And then with when they get the piece of paper, I go, Oh, I think I know what that's gonna be. Something to do with this. And then when, when she says, would you kindly, I was like, fucking called it. <laughs> it's the first time a Bioshock game. I was like, called it. Yes. No, it's pretty great. Yeah. It was this, that was a great reveal. And just like, even like going through and like, like, like with the, the Su Chung and the, the Fink like collaboration. That's always, that, that's one of my favorite parts. <clears throat> just it, like, cause I, they play like the, uh, like the tapes of like Elizabeth, like connecting with songbird and like there's like the songbird like head like in like the the area you're walking through and just yeah, like there's like a how, diagram like, of songbird's head in that area which is what they use to create the big daddies yeah just seeing that like the big daddies came from songbird and like plasmids and vigors and like that it all like makes sense that like outside of like hey this was a cool game mechanic and one let's use it again at infinite like it like makes sense like why I mean, they have vigors and plasmids. Once again, it, it's important to quote the Lutesses with this one, constants and variables. Yes. There's constants, and then there's variables. Some of these are constants. So, uh, yeah, it's a incredible tie-in to both games. Oh, yeah. I think that it, it's pretty flawless. Uh, I was always really happy with how Burial at Sea ended. Yeah. So... Uh, and and unless we really want to talk about Bioshock Two, which I don't think anyone really wants to talk about Bioshock <laughs> Two, honestly, the best part of Bioshock Two was the multiplayer. That was a blast. But um, we always could, but I I think that we've tied up Bioshock for the better part. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite franchises. Yeah, it, it's a franchise I turned you on to, uh, and it was a franchise that I fell in love with way back in the day, and uh, I'm it's unfortunate. That there's not going to be another one, but it's also kind of good. Yeah, I you'd have that, to, like, start something new. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of the same way I feel about Bloodborne, where, like, I think Bloodborne's pretty flawless, uh, with the exception of the Chalice Dungeons. <laughs> yeah. And um, because of that, I don't want them to be another Bloodborne. I'm fine with there never being a Bloodborne 2, although I think it's going to happen. Yeah, it seems like it's going to happen. I'm okay otherwise. And like we like to end every episode, Nick, what you been playing, buddy? I've been playing one thing and one thing only. What is that? And that is Monster Hunter World 
And How you g- liking it? God freaking damn, do I love this game. God effing darn it. God gosh effing darn it. Do I love this game with all my heart? Yeah, you sent me a picture of like a cat and uh, a pig yep. and you. Yep. With a fuzzy captain's hat. Mm-hmm. I was like, 10 out of 10, best game. <laughs> no, it's so much fun, dude. It's, it's, I'm having a blast. Just like hunting monsters, hunting monsters and upgrading stuff and just new monsters. And it's just like watching monsters interact. Like, cause you'll be fighting one and another one will come from a different part of the map to where you are, where you are. And it'll start fighting that monster that you're fighting. Like I was fighting a flying one and a, like a dog like one came up and ripped it out of the air and like, was like flipping it around in its mouth and then slammed it on the ground. I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) what you doing, buddy? I was like, Jesus. Yeah, it's dude, it's so much fun, and I've been trying out different weapons. I still think the dual blades are my favorite, just because there's just so much fun to like, f- just when you like flip around. There's like one move that I haven't been able to do yet, but I've seen it like people do it on like Reddit and stuff. It's if you jump and like starting at the head of something with both blades, you can roll like on your like sideways. All the way down its yeah, back on its tail. Yeah, I've seen someone on Reddit do that. And it's just like, just I haven't been able to pull it off yet, but it's just visually satisfying. Like a lot of the moves that you do are just visually satisfying. Um, but I played, I played some of the other weapons, not all of them yet, but I think my second favorite is the bow and arrow. Um, That's fair. Uh, I did that. I, f- I feel like it's more fun with other people, like using the bow and arrow. I feel like it's kind of annoying when you're by yourself. But that's my personal opinion. Obviously, using weapons in Monster Hunter solely like personal opinion yeah it's it's great dude and you get on that shit we need to hunt monsters yeah it'd be so much fun yeah i mean i got paid tomorrow but that would involve like (laughs) you actually playing it and having the fucking time and not being a grandma yeah it's not that you don't have the time you just spend your time being a grandma hey man (laughs) pretty mean i mean you're not wrong but it hurts both here and here. No, it's great. Um, I'm excited to do to, to get the Aloy stuff, the Aloy armor, and the uh, her bow when that comes out, which is cool because I, I like the bow. It's like probably my second favorite weapon right now, and I'm pretty sure you get a bow from her, which makes oh, sense. Oh, that would make sense, yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, and then the only thing, other thing, I haven't been playing it, but uh, they announced two DLC characters for Fighter Z. And they announced uh, Bardock and Broly, which pretty sure everybody figured, but it's still exciting. Still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm just waiting for like, um, like more super characters from like the the current thing that's going on. Just don't give me. I I saw like a couple of like potential like leak lists, but like don't give me Goku and Vegeta again. I already have two of those. If you want to give me something, give me Vegito. But, uh, or Gogeta. Or Gogeta. Uh, they probably do Vegeta. Yeah, at this it... point, because of how Super went, they'd probably give you Vegeta. Yeah. But uh, I don't need another Goku-Vegeta form. Thanks. I know I know. A mastered Ultra Instinct is a thing. I don't, I don't need another Goku. For me, as I said, I'll pop on my grandma. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Injustice 2. Uh, trying to get the Ninja Turtles uh, leveled up and upgraded. Uh, they're a blast. Uh, definitely not my favorite character or my best character, but just a lot of fun to play. They're, um, I'd say we looked at a tier list last week. And they're about mid-tier, which would make sense. But just like their interactions, how they do stuff, it's just you get to see the fucking Ninja Turtles in this game, and it's weird and it's cool. It's just really fun to look at. Some of the costumes are really fucked up and weird. You can get one that makes it look like the Robot Ninja Turtle from the 80s cartoons. That's awesome. Yeah, I was just like, all right, that's pretty dope. But uh, I played a little bit of Dead by Daylight because the Saw character came out, and I went, I don't give a shit. Um, I played a little bit of Skyrim. I'm just finishing up quests. I've done almost everything you can do in the game, so I'm pretty much done with that. Uh... I uh, I was doing the I guess I did play a bit of Skyrim. I was doing I was continuing getting all the artifacts 
and I did the the one for the ring with the the can- the cannibals. Oh, that one, yeah. And I I've been like really trying like so like I did the one where you have to like sacrifice Fowler to get the fucking whatever to get the sword, this dagger. Yeah. I think it was the dagger. No, and... it's the mace of uh Oh no, yeah. No, there's right. one for the mace and there's one for the dagger. And because I really just want everyone just to have the collection, but uh, I drew the line of cannibals and I fucking killed all of them. Yeah. Especially because like I looked at the ring and I was like, I really can't display. It. I mean, I guess you could. It I works. Really can't display it, and it only works if you play as a cannibal. Well, it's not. It works pretty good if you play as a vampire. And I'm not that either. Okay. So I was just like, no, nah, I draw the line. <laughs> That's fair. But uh, yeah, I um. Just finishing up quest and that exploring. I still really like that game. Uh I'm probably gonna pick up actually I might might pick up something other than Bayonetta uh, than uh Monster Hunter, which is Bayonetta. Where I'd finally play Bayonetta one and two. Yeah. No, that'd be a good too. Sixty bucks to get both of them and I'm like <clears throat> I think it's fifty to get both of them. Maybe. I don't know. But even still. Even like I'm thinking of picking up a physical copy, that's why. I think or actually, no. I think it's still fifty. No, I, it's. Uh, I want to get a downloaded copy. You're right. Well, I mean, if you get a physical, it's only a physical copy of two, two but it's, it's a it download com- code for one. And at right. that point, I'll just download them both. Right. Yeah. I. But I'm pretty sure it's fifty. Uh, but yeah, I Bayonet is really good too. Yeah, and I've never played them, so I really would like to play that. And because of how my lifestyle is at the moment, it's easier for me to play mobily. Um. And then uh, I ran, I'm gearing up for the biggest D&D campaign I've ever done. So we've uh, been getting ready for that. That's where most of my money's gone. Each one of them fucking books is 50 bucks. It's fucking ridiculous. I, buy, I bought two of them. It's ridiculous. Bro bought the other one. They're not even that big. They're real nice, though. I know, they look nice, but like they're not even that big. The player's handbook isn't, but the, the monster manual is. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're all really helpful. Frankly, everyone should have a player's handbook, but obviously I'm not going to say, Hey, everyone drop 50 bucks on this shit. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we're going to just pass bro's going to buy one and a uh, bro bought one. It's on its way. And I have one. We're going to just use ours. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll, it'll be fine. But yeah. So, uh, we're, uh, gearing up for a very big or a very good D and D campaign. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure our. What have we been playing is going to turn into that. Uh, part of what we've been playing, we're probably going to have Dungeons and Dragons Corner. Yeah. Um, of our what we've been playing. Uh, obviously, because Nick and I do a lot of things together. Nick and I are both in the campaign. Uh, our friend uh, who's been on the podcast, Bro, is going to be our dungeon master along with a couple other friends of ours. So, yeah, we. Uh, I'm pretty... I'm so excited. So fucking excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. So... I uh, really look forward to that. So get ready to hear some Dungeons and Dragons bullshit in the future. Even though we're a video game lore podcast, eh, I can talk a little bit about D anD. d it's kind of, kind of, kind of fits. Eh, there's lore in it. There's a lot. I've been reading all the monster lore. Oh Jesus! Because I'm me. Yeah. That's what like when I said I go home and read. I haven't been reading like a good wholesome novel. I've been reading the monster lore in the monster manual. But uh. So, yeah, uh, that'll happen. Sorry, if you don't like D&D. Oops. Sorry. Skip fucking ahead or stop listening to the yeah. podcast. It'll be at the end anyways. Yeah, it'll all be at the end anyway. So, um, in... Yeah, that's, that's what I got. Yeah. So, check us out on social media. We are on both Twitter and Instagram, at Navi underscore Tales. Again, that is at Navi underscore Tales. Send us pictures of your beautiful mugs. No, literal mugs, not faces. Mugs. Yeah. I want to see how pretty your cups are. Yeah. What you uh, drink out of. Um, Sipping out of cups. I, we haven't talked about it in a minute, but I was thinking about it while I was peeing. Uh, it's uh, a little more than a month away at this point, but I still think it's worth bringing up. Uh, if any of you want to see Nick and I in person, because I don't think any of you have ever seen our faces, we are both going to be at PAX East on the Saturday of it. Uh, I know it's over a month away, but we are both going to be there. Uh, we'll let out some stuff on social media. If any of you want to touch base with us, we would love to meet our fans. Yeah. Um, but, and if not, that's fine too, because we're going to be looking at Google games. <laughs> yeah. And we're probably going to do an extra soda on PAX anyway. Yeah. We'll probably so. talk about all the games we saw and or played. Yeah. 
two. That's that two. Yeah. Uh, so until next time, we'll see you then. Bye. Love you. Kiss, kiss. It's got Travis Wingham in it, who, uh, I mean, some of his claims to fame are he voiced Thor in the Avengers Assemble cartoon. Uh, he voiced Castamere in Middle Earth. Uh, he, um, voices The Flash in Injustice 2. He's like a, a really well-known voice actor, and uh, he voices a barbarian, and it's the fucking greatest. <clears throat> I don't know. It's a pretty fun campaign. Sounds it. What's it called? Critical Role. R-O-L-E. Each episode role. each episode is like three hours long. Mm-hmm. But like, I listen to it like a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, they just started an, the first campaign. It's like a hundred episodes long. Each one three hours long. Yeah. It's a lot of content to get through. But um, they just started their second campaign, if you want to get into it that way. And um, it's all live-streamed. So when they do it, they live-stream it. So oh, that's cool. Interactions and stuff. Pretty cool. That's dope. Um, I need a Walter. Because my throat fucking is fucking scratchy. What the fuck is a Walter? Are you going to go blow? Oh, a water. I thought you were going to go hmm. blow a guy real quick. Uh, okay. Give me one! Please? Why do you hate me? Here's my problem with Nick right now. I want a water, right? And this guy's gonna go get a water. And he is gonna bring me one, because he's a good friend. I expect Nick to bring me a water if we have them. Because he's a good friend. However, I don't know that 100%, because he just said he's not gonna get me a water. And now, I have to sit here... Anxious and nervous about whether or not I'm going to get a water or not. And I'm fucking thirsty. Like, I'm about to talk about a game that takes place in the ocean. It's going to only make me thirstier because it's going to be in water. Like, I don't see why he had to give me so much anxiety about whether or not I'm going to get water or not. It's really, like, it really hurts. Like, he sits here and, and just... He hurts me because I'm just confused. I don't know your intentions, Nick. And I know I'm going to... You're going to be the one to edit this. And I can't wait for you to hear about all my anxieties about whether or not I'm going to get fucking water. God. Called it. Have fun editing that later. I fucking can't wait. You all situated? Ooh, bro. Is your throat in... still fucking scratchy? Bro posts in the DN in the DND. Yeah, Megan just texted me. God, this podcast is going so well. Oh, we've gotten so far. I literally started reading the first sentence. Not even. No, I, I, I kind of read the first sentence. Oh yeah, I guess. <clears throat> Dwarf, I have. Elves, I have. Kimmy, 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 Kimmy. Halfling, I have. Human, I have. Fucking. Dragonborn, I have. Dragonborn, I have. <clears throat> Half elf. Half orc. Okay. Oh, Typhlings. That's who I forgot. Oh my god. How could you? How could you do this? Um, <clears throat> Booker is shocked, and when he is aggressively... Uh, blah, blah, blah. She recovers... Ugh, fuck my... Fuck it, I feel it. I feel the heartburn. <clears throat> I, it's like right here. Mm-hmm. It's gonna hit right here. I'm gonna make a gross sound, and I'm gonna stop. Man. It's like every time I fucking hear you speak. 
you say as you go through the exact same thing I went through. I fucking heard that, Nick. I'm going to pee everywhere now. Oh, my God. Dude, I really do got to pee. I normally don't got to pee while we record. Take care of that beforehand, but I got to think of. Fucking go. No, dude. Um, She's captured. And by Alice's men. Alice's. In Wonderland. <laughs> she's captured. And by Alice's men. Um, she's captured by. I don't know why that ends there. I fucking... I thought you were going somewhere with the. In the no, I, I get what you thought. <laughs> Yeet! <laughs> Gobi! <laughs> um, she releases the particle which causes the building to start to fall. Hold the fuck up. Yeah, what up? I typed the end of it. Where is it? I had another couple paragraphs. This is all I saw when uh, when I looked at when I looked at it earlier. It's fucking what the fuck? I'm triggered. That's not what I. That's not what I finished on. I have more on here. Yeah, more popped up. Ah, (laughs) apparently didn't sink. Yeah, it must not have because I when I highlighted it, more popped up. I didn't think I finished on that. You never know how, like, much you have a runny nose constantly in your life and, like, go, when, unless you, like, start editing yourself. Fucking talk. I never have a runny nose. You do it, too. <laughs> <laughs> we both do it all the time. I do it more to that breathe, and we I think. Do, that, yes. Well, because, like, I can feel it and it's like... It's not like I can feel it. It's like I forget to breathe when I'm reading. So I have to inhale real quick. It's just like, it's just funny on like things you pick up when you listen to audio of yourself. Like we both constantly like. (laughs) So like, it's just a huge, like just quick spike of just. So. So. um, What if I just made like really obvious ones? (sighs) So. Yeah, like, we, everyone has, like, weird talking tics, and we normally ignore them because we can see their faces. Mm-hmm. But when it's a purely audio program such as this, you only hear my talking tics, and you don't get to see my beautiful facial expressions. I know. And that, by that, I mean the constant look of, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> I'm just sick of you. Liar! You are lying to me! Beautiful. I'm a singer, what can I say? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that clip. I'm gonna cut it up. I'm gonna send it to all the studios, all the all the labels. All the record labels. I'm a singer. I'm a beautiful singer. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I'm sorry to subject you all to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta pee so fucking bad right now. Alright, fucking go, Jesus. Good God. You ready? You ready? You ready? Are you ready? Yeah.